Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. What's up, everybody? Welcome on in. It's another edition of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. We're going to break down all things NASCAR routes, short track racing here on Coast to Coast. As always, my co-host, MRN announcer Kyle Ricky, out at Stafford. My name is Chris Wilner, MRN pit reporter. Kyle, before we get to you, I have been crisscrossing the country with the High Limit Sprint Car Series. It was cool to see Kyle Larson, of course, as he is amidst his Cup Series uh, playoff run, get to compete and go toe-to-toe with one of the best in Rico April, both of those the best sprint car drivers in the country. So fun to watch that on Flow Racing. Uh, Kyle, how was... <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> there's a reason why there's no smile, and Kyle, let's explain why. Mother Nature just uh, has a fistful of Stafford and is not letting you guys finish out your season. Yeah, for the most part, the whole northeast region of this country, I feel like they all the racetracks up here have been uh, affected by Mother Nature. Uh, we have had, I think, 18 scheduled Friday nights this year so far, 13 of which have been affected by rain, um, seven of which we have lost altogether uh, with, with complete cancellation of the event. The Napa Championship night scheduled for last Friday was rained out, and we're going to try it again this coming Friday night, and if it gets rained out this Friday, we'll... Try the following Friday. You know, we'll just keep digging until we get it in, I guess. And, you know, the Napa Fall Finals coming up at the end of the month. I can't believe we're in October and we still have a couple of events left because we're supposed to be done September 30th. I was going to say, if the later you go, I mean, can they run in the snow? I mean, I mean, it's, we're getting close to that time, Kyle. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, hopefully we don't have, like, the, the Christmas 500, but, you know, you never know. Um the, the last couple of years, we haven't really seen much snowfall until November, so if we can't get our events done by then, uh, there's probably bigger issues, but uh, you never know. We could be running in November. All right. Well, like I said last week and the week before, got my fingers crossed for you guys this <laughs> Friday, but uh, man, that's tough break, but I know I feel for you guys up there in the Northeast. Uh, we got a great show for everybody. Uh, sit down with Josh Berry that we uh, did going into the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs. We're going to talk all about his short track roots and what he thinks of Carson Quapo, who's now the new guy and, and has been now the last couple of years over at JRM on the late model side of things in his season. And, of course, uh, running in the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs as they go to the Roval coming up this weekend. So that's coming up on the show. Certainly lots to recap on the national tour. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty of both the Wheeland Modified Tour as well as the Arkham Menard Series. And, of course, plenty of news and notes, including a little drama out there at Talladega with our MRN crew watching the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race and one of the Roots racers and Nick Sanchez got a little dust up with uh, Matt Craft and we'll break all that down as well. But Kyle, let's first up talk about this past weekend and the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour uh, out at the Brushy Mountain Power Sports 150, North Wilkesboro Speedway, the first time that that track has hosted the national tour. Of course, we had the racetrack revival last year. Big money Matt, he broke his arm several weeks ago, doesn't matter, still racking up the big wins as he gets one at North Wilkesboro, called it one of the biggest win is, wins of his career, certainly rightfully so at a racetrack like North Wilkesboro, but what'd you, what'd you think of that event? 
over the weekend. Yeah. One of his first events back since breaking his arm at the uh, Thompson Speedway back in August, uh, set out for a couple of weeks, uh, returned a couple of weeks ago, uh, competing in a non-NASCAR event up in New York, and I think did well there. I'm not sure if he won it, but he finished among the top three. Uh, went down to North Wilkesboro Speedway, great field of cars. I think there were like 39 cars. Great crowd, uh, a fantastic crowd uh, for a NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour event. Uh, well-supported and a, and a great race. I mean, Matt Hirschman, I don't want to say he was the class of the field, but he was up front all day and he had a heck of a battle behind him with Justin Bonsignor and Ron Silk, not only racing for a spot among the top five, but also running for the championship. They're still within a couple of points of each other heading into the final couple races of the season. Doug Kobe was in the mix uh, right up until the bitter end when he spun the car out coming off of turn number four, crossing the line and, and starting what was the biggest wreck of the night uh really tearing up a lot of cars at the checkered flag uh the front stretch uh full of smoke and, and debris but they came after the checkered flag so hopefully the teams have time to get those cars patched back up and ready to go for thompson this weekend but overall a good event and uh no surprise that matt hirschman was on that elevator heading to the roof victory lane at north Wilkesboro speedway an iconic victory lane set up out there yeah. at north Wilkesboro, but also too matt be, being the last driver to win on the old surface they're going to repave yep. it before next year and of course it was announced earlier this week uh the nascar all-star race for the cup series will be back at north wilkesboro of course so i think they're gonna hold a cars tour race there as well going into that weekend but kyle what do you think a repave at north wilkesboro i thought that was the whole point was the character of that racetrack but i guess the last time it was repaved was what late 80s early 90s so maybe it's about time but certainly sad to see the old surface go I think it was 1984, the last repave at North Wilkesboro, I, I believe. And uh, yeah, it's time. Um, I mean, it, although the track was going to come apart, it was going to come apart last weekend with the Modifieds and their their wide tires and all the grip that those cars get. And I didn't hear of any issues. So maybe there's another year or two of life in that surface. But uh, obviously, you don't want a chance that we saw the, the track beginning to, to break up a bit back in May at the start of NASCAR All-Star Weekend. So uh, let's take the risk out and I guess, the, you know, repave it. I think the work has already begun at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. All right, good stuff. Of course, they're back in action at Thompson. We'll preview that coming up a little later in the show. Let's talk Arkham Menard Series, Kyle. Down to two races to go. The first one up this past weekend, the Atlas 200 at Salem. And we already know Jesse Love had already clinched the title, but what a way to do it, just walking it off with a win. He didn't need to win this past weekend, but he did anyway, and also got to hoist the championship trophy. So, I mean, storybook ending, Kyle, what more can you say about Jesse Love? Again, a guy we hope to get on the show here in the next couple of weeks once we, once we start having our Champions Weeks uh, here on Coast to Coast. He's been looking for that 10th win for the better part of a month uh, since before they, they raced at the Bristol Motor Speedway uh, the middle of September. Finally got that win and, uh, you know, win number 10 on the season in the first 19 races of the year. Clinched the championship when he took the green flag. Poor Andres Perez. Uh, he has been so close so many times. Finished in the second spot to uh, to Jesse. Uh, another great run, but still so close to that first checkered flag. It's coming, uh, and it might come, you know, at Toledo this week. Uh, Christian Rose, a good run in third. Tony Breidinger, another solid top five in the fourth spot. I really strung out fields. Uh, the fifth place car uh, for, for Connor Popowell, two laps down. Uh, a great run for him, but uh, finished uh, two laps behind the race leader. So really strung out some long green flag runs. Uh, one big incident, Brent Cruz making his asphalt oval debut. Got the wall pretty good in turn number four. But uh, for the most part, that was the only uh, major incident of the 200 laps at Salem. 
Yeah, and that's right. And they wrap up the season again at Toledo. And who says Jesse Love can't just go do that one too and make it 11-1 right. and continue to write history. But uh, you're right. Andres Perez de Lara, you talked about it several weeks. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And he's been lockstep with Jesse as of late. Maybe it'll come this weekend. We'll find out. Uh, Arca West was back in action as well. Their season wrapping up with Caden Honeycutt, a surprise winner, I thought. Pretty sure everybody on their bingo card had Sean Hingarani, but Caden Honeycutt got the job done. Of course, we've seen him in the Craftsman Truck Series doing some moonlighting there as well. That was at All-American Speedway, a late start for them for us on the East Coast. That was his West Series debut too, Kyle, so a big win for Caden. And again, for Sean, championship should be a lock now with Landon Lewis not even in the lineup this past weekend. Nope, uh, 37 points right now for Sean Hingarani atop the championship standings over uh, Trevor Huddleston now. Uh, a lock... Maybe. Still three races to go, though. So still a lot of points on the line. Uh, they have a race coming up at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Bull Ring uh, in a couple of weeks' time when when the the NASCAR weekend is out there at the big track. They have Madeira Speedway uh, a week after that. And then they button things up at the Phoenix Raceway, part of Championship Weekend in November. So still a lot of racing to go, but 37 points, a nice little cushion to have. Going into those final three events, uh, Hingarani finished in the second spot, a consistent night, never really challenged for the lead much. Tyler Reif in third, Joey East rounding out the front four. So good race, good feel of the cars. Uh, I think 20 took the green flag for that event out there. Yeah, so with Sean Hingarani again trying to go two for three on the ARCA platform for Vendrini Motorsports in terms of championships. We'll get to see how that plays out in the coming weeks. All right, time to take a quick time out here on the show. Plenty more to come on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering, including our conversation with Josh, Josh Berry and plenty of news and notes and drama to talk about in the world of short track racing. That's coming up next. Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Presented by Whelan Engineering. Earlier, just about a few weeks ago, before the NASCAR Xfinity Series began its playoff run to Phoenix Raceway to end the 2023 season, I had the opportunity to sit down with Josh Berry, of course, a legend when it comes to short track racing and his upbringing through the NASCAR roots ranks all the way up until now, going for a championship with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Gonna get to talk to him and have the look, listen to this interview as currently now sits below the cut line going to the Roval this weekend. But we talk all things short track and, of course, that championship bid in the Xfinity Series. Take a listen. Grassroots racing has been a big part of your, you know, upbringing in the sport and kind of what helped get you to this level, and a big part of that was Junior Motorsports, as we talked about. How did you first get involved with Junior Motorsports back in the late model stock? Yeah, that was in 2010, and, you know, I struck up a friendship with Dale Jr. racing online, and, um, you know, it, it became you know we kind of built a relationship friendship whatever you want to call it and ultimately ended up getting an opportunity to go test his late model stock at motor mile speedway in virginia and that the test went well and that transitioned into a into a couple more race a couple races then a couple more races and then ultimately moved to north carolina and kind of went to work for uh junior motorsports actually on the xfinity side of things kind of just learning from the 
from the bottom level up racing and, and working more on race cars and then that that slowly over time transitioned to where i was just more just full-time late model racing and and working on my own race car so it's been a it's been a heck of a journey right like we're sitting here at the hall of fame and i have a i have a car i have <laughs> yeah. a car on glory road up there from our national championship so that's really cool so as we look forward to the rest of this year and obviously into next year with with the cup stuff are there late model plans still to kind of come back and race i know you've won just about every racer is known to man out there but would that be something you'd still be interested in would they let you do that next year yeah no yeah no it's something definitely that i'm interested in and um yeah i'd I'd hope to you know hopefully run the junior motorsports late model you know a couple times throughout this year and it just didn't work out really with my schedule obviously there's a lot happening uh, especially on the front half of the season with the opportunity hms and and so we weren't able to really do that but i'm actually you know planning on you know running a couple races after the season with rodney and, and kevin kevin's late model program that he's building to you know be a great way for us to kind of be around each other and go racing and 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 get used to each other so i'm excited to do that um you know so i could say more than likely i've ran my last race in the junior motorsports late model but it was uh it was a 50 some odd thousand win at the thanksgiving classic last year so we'll take it how big is that going to be to have that relationship with rodney where that it's based around late model racing and something you both love and be able to kind of use that as that foundation yeah i think we just have a lot in common and that that makes these things come a lot easier and it makes talking to him and and knowing his way of thinking you know it makes us really similar mindset and i think that's a really good thing and and i'm thankful throughout my opportunities at the xfinity and cup level i've been experienced you know a lot of different guys a lot of different crew chiefs and and you know I, I think back to my time in the nine car and how how alan reminds me so much of rodney and i think it'll be a great relationship for me um to and and like i said rodney himself you know we have a we have a great relationship already and we're going to continue to you know we'll continue to be around each other and work with each other but um it's exciting for sure um it's gonna be hard without a doubt it's gonna be hard um, cup racing is incredibly competitive, so it, it's going to be a challenge, but I know I have a great... Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at ZonePouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Group. Looking back as you progress through the late model stock program national championship, was there a moment where you're like, okay, I can make a living doing this and I think I can make it? I don't know. I mean, through, you know, really probably, I want to say, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 years, um, yeah, I got a couple sporadic opportunities in the Xfinity series, and it's like, you know, I was deathly concerned about making it or making, you know, getting more opportunities, right, and, and finding, and it just never really materialized. And, um, you know, really before 2021, when I was, when, when they, I had, was given another opportunity in the Xfinity series, a little bit more of a real one, a legitimate one in my eyes, you know, I'd kind of made peace with myself that I was going to be a career short track racer. And I was okay with that. So, you know, I was kind of just checking things off that, you know, you know, went in, went in Martinsville, went in, you know, the Valley Star 300, 
um, you know, went in the Thanksgiving Classic, went in car short races and championships, and then and then eventually a NAS, national NASCAR national championship. Right, those were all things that we had set out to do and accomplish over the course of that time. And um, I just never really expected that I would be here, but it's just been a really amazing opportunity. Now the next wave with Carson Quapples making his mark with with the late mile stock program. Has it been somebody maybe you've kind of taken under your wing a little bit as he reached out in terms of you know okay Josh Berry did it so now I'm kind of next in the pipeline. Well, I don't know. It's it's Carson knows you know how difficult it is, and he and Carson knows firsthand how difficult it's been for me to get get up to the point that I'm at now. So he's he fully understands that. But I tell you, I really think Carson is incredibly talented. And and he's done an amazing job with that program. I think that it was so important to really all of us when I stepped into more full-time Xfinity racing that we found the right fit for that program to keep it going. And it's almost kind of in a weirdly similar way to the four car and Kevin and Rodney and what, you know, what they built and what, who they, you know, they kind of handpicked their person that they wanted to try to carry that on in me. And I think that, you know, I didn't know Carson very well whenever we first started working with him, but the more I've got around, been around him, the just more I think of him. And, I, you know, I'm excited to um, see him start to get these opportunities here and there. And, it, and it'll be tough, right, for sure. The, the opportunity will be tough, but even in getting more opportunities will be tough. But he's fully capable of a race car driver, and, and uh, you know, I wish him all the, all the success. Awesome. Well, best of luck chasing the championship, yep. Josh. Thank you, man. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering. Great combo with Josh Berry. Kyle, uh, you know, obviously that was recorded a little bit before this playoff run began. So what do we think? He's 27 points below the cut. Uh, we go to a road course, which I know is not necessarily in his level of expertise, but it's also the Roval. Anything can happen. So what do you think about Josh this weekend? I think he, you know, he has a shot, but you're, you're right. It's not really in his wheelhouse. He's been shining on on the mile and a half and on the short tracks, uh, obviously a far cry from where he grew up at the Hickory Motor Speedway, but anything can happen. And and that's what's so exciting and intriguing about these playoffs in NASCAR's three national series, these these three race mini seasons. And, uh, you know, if he, if you're mathematically eligible and he is, you have a shot and, and he has a shot to, to get it done here this weekend. Appreciate Josh for joining me there at NASCAR uh, Xfinity Series Media Day. A couple of weeks ago. All right, let's talk about this week, Kyle. Plenty going on on the Roots calendar, including the National Tour with Wheel and Modified Series and NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at Thompson Speedway. We talked about the championship battle there at the beginning of the show. Still a couple points between Ronnie Silk, Justin Bonsignor, and they go to Thompson, one of the iconic tracks up there in New England. I know you're probably going to venture up that way for the World Series 150 presented by FlowSports.com. You can watch that on Flow Racing as well. What do we think, Kyle? Thompson, a legendary track. Justin Bonsignor pretty much has his name written all over it, but I think Ronnie can give him a run for his money this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, 
Yeah, they both run well there over the years. Uh, for the most part, though, when you look at the big picture, it's been a Justin Bonsignor racetrack. Uh, he won there back in August. I, I don't know how many wins he has there now. It's got to be close to 10. He had a streak of four or five in a row a couple of years ago. Um, it's just there's something about that racetrack that that he has adapted to well over the years since he started on the NASCAR Modified Tour now, what, a dozen or so years ago. If he's going to be able to put a bit of a cushion between him and Ron Silk uh, in these next couple of races going into Martinsville in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Thompson's going to be the place to do it. There's no better racetrack for him to get it done. But uh, good entry list, 26 cars entered for the event on Sunday afternoon. The weather, fingers crossed, looks good right now. No, doesn't look so hot for the first day of the weekend on Saturday. So Sunday could be a very, very busy day at the Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park with 16 divisions, I think, on the card over the course of the weekend and the modified tour headlining those divisions with uh, their penultimate race of the season. Yeah, for sure. If you like track activity, Thompson is uh, the place to be here this weekend. Best of luck to our drivers in the NASCAR Lynn Modified Tour. Two points between Ronnie Silk and Justin Bonsignor. All right, the Arkham Menard Series, we talked about it also at the top of the show. Their season finale at the Toledo Speedway, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Flow Racing. Uh, the Shore Lunch 200, Kyle, another short track on the schedule. We like to end that series. You know, we have a lot of mile and a half and the big super speedways at Talladega, but to end it on a short track just seems fitting for the Arkham Menard Series. And again, all eyes on it. If Jesse Love can get 11 wins in this season, already clinched the title. Uh, is there anybody else that can contend? You mentioned Andres Perez. Maybe uh, he could finally get a checkered flag. I know he's been itching and he's been really close. Yeah, he's the one that stands out. Uh, you know, he's been so close so many weeks in a row now, including at that event at the Bristol Motor Speedway a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, Jesse Love, number 11. Uh, he's been so strong at these short tracks all year long. Uh, home track of the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, obviously, Toledo Speedway has been on the Arkham Menard Series calendar for for many, many, many years now. And, and it's good to see that they're going to wrap up their season at their uh, their home base racetrack at Toledo Speedway here coming up this weekend. Yes, where Jesse will officially get his championship hardware. But don't forget, last yep. year, too, was a great race. Sammy Smith, Grant Enfinger, yep. uh, exciting race on Flow Racing. So be sure to check that out again Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Flow and FS2. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for race previews, Kyle. But lots of news in the Grassroots Racing Series. Speaking of which, a short track is finally getting back uh, into the NASCAR ranks, and for the first time, the Cup Series will make a visit there. That We're talking Iowa Speedway out in Newton, Iowa, just a little bit outside of Des Moines. What do we think? I know MRN has been there with the Xfinity Series in the past, dating back to 2019, but the Cup Series on a short track. So we're trading in that Indianapolis road course for another short track. Do you like the move? I do. I like the move. Uh, it's, it, I've always wondered, and I went there from 2009 to 2019 when we ran the trucks there, and the Xfinity series there, and then obviously the Arkham Menard series, the former K&N East, they always had a big combo race out there. So I'm glad Ark is on their schedule for, for that race weekend next June. Excited to see what the Cup Series can do. I've always wondered what a Cup race would look like on that racetrack. Yeah, it's a short track on paper, but it, it can race like a speedway, much like New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I mean, it's just a tad smaller than, than Loudoun. Um, you know, just under a mile. So yeah, it's a short track, but it, it can race like a bigger racetrack. And uh, they put on a great race there. There's multiple grooves all the way around that racetrack. The, the both ends of the track, a little bit different. So it's going to be fun to see how the cup cars tackle that surface come next summer. 
Absolutely, and of course, it's already hosted some big races since NASCAR's departure, including the NTT IndyCar Series. Big event out there. Now you get two marquee events with the Cup Series coming to town next year. I mean, does that have an effect at all between the two series now? Because that was kind of IndyCar's stomping ground once NASCAR left, but you get the Cup Series back. Will it take maybe a little luster away from IndyCar? How do you see those two series kind of fighting for that uh, you know, premier event out there at Iowa? I don't think it takes anything away. I mean, IndyCar did their thing this year, and it was an amazing weekend with all the concerts that they put on, uh, both pre- and post-race of both of their events. It was a doubleheader weekend for for the IndyCar series at Iowa. And uh, from what I saw, the place was jammed. Uh, they built these infield suites just behind the pit lane that were that were packed. They added grandstands off of Turn 4 that were packed. Um, and I expect, you know, we'll see the same thing next uh, next summer for for the NASCAR weekend. Two marquee events. Uh, I mean, I, I would think any fan base would want that. Yeah, 100 percent. And that's big for Iowa. I know they're very happy about it. Rusty Wallace was out there, a part yep. of the official announcement as well with NASCAR and Ben Kennedy. So really good stuff. Welcome back, Iowa Speedway, to the calendar. And and for the first time with the Cup Series. And by the way, I've heard downtown Des Moines is very underrated. I joined the network the last year NASCAR was there in 2019, so I didn't get to go. But everyone's told me downtown Des Moines is the place to be on race weekends. So I can't wait to check that out coming up in 2024. All right, uh, before we get to some Roots champions being crowned, Kyle, let's talk about that controversy out at Talladega with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Uh, former Arc Menard Series driver and champion Nick Sanchez well, a uh, little fisticuffs with Matt Crafton, NASCAR releasing uh, penalties and fines, both monetary fines for both Crafton. I believe it was 25000 for him and 5000 for Sanchez. Nick Sanchez's dad also was suspended by NASCAR. But what do you take from that? On super speedway racing, it's kind of known that the big one happens, and especially in the late race scenarios. So was there really any purpose to the punch for Matt Crafton? Yeah. What do you think? I think it speaks to the frustration that Matt is enduring right now and probably this entire year. And I feel like the last couple of years, uh, that Thor Sport team hasn't shined like we have seen them shine and him shine over the years. I mean, a multi-time champion hasn't really been in the conversation much these last couple of years, especially this year and missing the playoffs. I just think he's frustrated and... You know, what happened on the racetrack on, on Saturday kind of put an exclamation point on that frustration and the carried over into the garage post-race. Uh, the fact that he waited for him uh, says a lot. Uh, and, and you know, I'm glad to see nobody was suspended. I know it was considered, listening to Ellen Sawyer earlier this week. Um, but I know it was considered, and it should have been, because, you know, pretty big blow. I mean, the blood said it all. So, um, I mean... It, it happened. Frustrations mount, especially at Talladega and Daytona, these big speedway races. But uh, for that to happen, you know, you know, I just think it kind of it sums up Matt's season. That's right. And Nick Sanchez said, I'll see you in the homestead. So I wouldn't yeah, expect we'll that this will be over by the time uh, we get to season's end. So keep an eye on homestead. Of course, that is the home track, too, for Nick Sanchez, who hails just outside of Miami. All right, let's get back to the Roots conversation. Championships being crowned at some of our local racetracks as we hit now deeper deeper into the month of October. How about the Southeast region? Connor Hall, of course, won the national championship for yep. the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. He took home the Southeast region. The Northeast region going to Matt Shepard. A really good season for Matt. Jacob Goad in the Midwest region and West region for Jeff Peterson. So overall thoughts on our champions, Kyle. I know it's been 
a lot of racing going on. We can't always get to everything, but you like our champions. I mean, very well worthy champions in each of our regions. I do. Uh, diverse champions. You know, Connor Hall obviously had the Virginia short tracks covered. We've talked about him all year. Langley and then down in Hickory, whenever he showed up down in North Carolina, did well. Uh, Southern National won a bunch of races and ultimately won the championship. Matt Shepard on the dirt, running that big block modified and, and the small block modified across the Northeast region. 13 wins at Utica Rome Speedway, a NASCAR-sanctioned uh, short track up here in the Northeast, claiming the region win there. Jacob Gady, we've had on the show before, a five-time winner this year at the Elko Speedway, picking up that track championship. Uh, he's been dominant there for the better part of a decade and again in 2023. And uh, Jeff Peterson did so well at the Las Vegas Bull Ring, picking up the championship out there. Six wins in the track title. Also had some good nights at the Irwindale Speedway in California. So two of the marquee tracks on the West Coast. He did well at earning that region championship. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to all our champions. And you mentioned Jacob Gady and, and Elko. is. I meant to add that as a list of tracks I need to get to because Elko is a really cool racetrack. And for it is. You have figured it out. Congratulations to Jacob and the rest of our champions. How about Hunter Robbins, too, claiming the Montgomery Pro Late Model Season finale? But Christopher Tullis won the championship with a fourth-place finish. That race was going down to the wire as well. Kind of one of those things where I wish I had the points graphic. It was probably fluctuating several times at the end of that one. But uh, two worthy winners, of course, Hunter Robbins. We've talked about him on the show several times in his uh, Pro Late Model career. But Christopher Tullis squeaking out a championship. That's huge for that young man. It did what he had to do, and that's finished among the top five, a fourth-place run. Like you mentioned, uh, the point shuffled several times over the course of the event, but uh, he was in the right position at the right time at checkered flag and picked up uh, the title, Hunter Robbins. We've talked about – we've had him on the show before several times. Uh, we talk about him several times a year, all the big races down in that region of the country. Uh, whenever he's in them, he is a threat and, and was again this weekend claiming the win. Good stuff. Lots to talk about, of course, this week. And, of course, we want to thank Josh Berry for uh, offering his time there for that interview to talk about his career and, of course, his chase for the championship. Uh, lots going on this weekend as well. Whether you like pavement or dirt, check out Flow Racing. If you don't have a subscription, get it. They've got a ton of content as well as some big races coming up, especially on the dirt. T uh, Tuscory 50 will be the, uh, tonight, actually, when the show airs Thursday. And then, of course, next week on Tuesday, the High Limit Sprint Car Series will crown a champion. It's either Rico or Kyle Larson. We'll see if Young Money can get it done. Uh, MRN back on the air in two weeks' time, so a couple weeks from now. Homestead Miami Speedway as we get closer and closer to crowning a champion in Phoenix. K. Rick, I'm saying prayers for you, buddy, in Stafford Speedway. Let's get this thing in. I don't want you to push that fall final back even farther, and then we have to start wearing beanies and parka jackets to the racetrack. Because that is the most uncomfortable thing. I'd rather be stymy hot than sitting there bundled up with hand warmers watching a, a modified race. <laughs> I say, it, and I, it's funny, I sit there in the freezing cold, and I'm like, man, I wish it was July. And then in July, when it's 102 degrees, I, I'm like, I wish it was November and, and 60 degrees or 50 degrees. So we're still three weeks away from the fall final. Hopefully the weather holds. Uh, we're looking at uh, championship night this week and the TC-13 for the SK Modifieds on Friday night. Hopefully the weather holds out. We can get in the Friday night portion of the season and complete it this week and then, you know, move on to the Napa Fall Final and Tri-Track Modified Series, uh, Monaco Modified Series here uh, in three weeks' time. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, K. Rick. As always, for our producer, Pat Jaggers, my name is Chris Wilner. Thank you for tuning in to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, 
and trusted to perform. Of course, we'll break it all down next week and start having our champions on the show as we begin to wrap up. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Wrap up 2023. Have a good one.